Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. I uh, hope you're all doing wonderful and enjoying um, everyday life that you have on earth regarding of what's going on in your life. I hope you're choosing to put more of your focus on God's goodness and his blessings and the things that are good in your life versus focusing um, mostly on what's wrong and what's evil or uh, what should not be. Um, so hopefully these teachings are helping you to kind of redirect your focus on God's goodness and love and again his blessings on earth and um, just quickly a reminder if you haven't listened to the previous two teachings that has to do with how to love yourself and respect yourself in a healthy way please do so because that's really important for us uh, to be enjoying our our lives fully on earth and to be productive human beings and pretty much live the purpose that God created us to live we have to be in a place where we can do that, which means you have, we have to take care of our health. We have to take care of our mind. We have to um, take care of our finances. We have to take care of our relationships and not neglect those because we're doing so much for other people that there's no time for us to do that. So please feel free. It's a very short teaching. I mean, it's only two teachings uh, to go back and listen to it if you haven't. Uh, but we're starting a new teaching and this teaching, I decided to title it, Come and Receive Your Reward. Uh, because I think there is so many ways that we can be rewarded from God and we kind of don't know about it and we neglect those and we never receive those rewards. So a, a reward is a great thing, right? So the dictionary's, the dictionary's definition of reward, it says something that is given or received in return for a service, uh, for a merit, or even for hardship. Uh, it's, a, it's a fact of deserving something, right? to make return for. Um, and then the synonym words for um, reward is, it's a bonus, it's a prize, it's a trophy, it's, you know, um, it's a favor or even a present. And the last thing that it says, it says it's given beyond obligation. It's, be, it's given voluntarily. So it's kind of like you're doing your job, you're getting you know, your salary, you're getting paid for what you do, but all of a sudden your boss decides to reward you, give you, something, give you a bonus, right? Um, yes, you worked hard, but the, the promise was only you work and we pay you, but now they're going beyond that and they're rewarding you for a prize, prize you were not expecting. Aren't, isn't that a great feeling when all of a sudden you receive a reward and it's kind of like a pat on the back, hey, great, thank you for doing a great job. Thank you for going that extra mile. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do that, but you did it anyway, and we like to reward you. It's such a wonderful feeling when you're acknowledged for that, right? Well, guess what? The Bible is full of examples of how God wants to reward us um, in return, and I'm going to go over in return for what, right? Because usually the religion has taught us, you know, ask God, beg and plea and beg and cry and ask and hope that uh, your answer will come to pass. So in other words, we basically go through life, uh, first of all, thinking that God withholds things from us uh, for things we don't understand or he punishes us. And when we ask him, we have no idea if we're gonna receive or not, which to some extent that could be a fact, uh, but not all the time. I think if we know the will of God, uh, we can pray for it, ask for it, and they'll let it go. You know, as far as the timing, when or how it's going to happen, we need to trust God with that. Um, so I want to read some scripture to you guys that's going to go over the subject of us being rewarded by God and how do we go about that. 
So Hebrews 1.16 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So first of all, what do we need to please God? We need faith. So a lot of times, you know, we want things from God, but we don't have faith for it. You know, we just think like, you know, if we have a genie and if we have a lamp, we like to rub it and we want our desire to come to pass immediately. Well, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Um, it takes faith. It takes faith to receive from God. It takes faith to follow him. And let's face it, it's not the easiest thing to do if, we, if we're not like practicing it all the time. It's, it's not that easy to believe in something that your physical senses cannot see and feel and touch. I think that's why a lot of people, they choose not to believe because they're looking for that physical connection with their senses to something that's spiritual. You know, God is a spirit and it says we worship him. We get to know him by our spirit, not by our physical senses. <clears throat> so um, the first part of this verse has to do with faith. And then it does talk about reward, right? Toward the end, it says, anyone who comes to him, first of all, must believe he exists. So if you're an atheist, if you're kind of wishy-washy, one day you believe God exists, next day you don't, um, uh, and, and if you like change your mind every day, then don't expect to receive that reward. So it says it's, it's somebody who has decided in their heart, they have like made it a firm belief that yes, God exists, right? And it says, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And it's, these are not people who are, you know, forced to go to church and they don't really care to know about God. They're mad at him, again, based on what they've heard in their environment growing up. They put their faith in that versus in truly following God themselves and finding about him, right? So a lot of people have walked away from God not even knowing who he is, not, not really knowing about his character and how it works. They pretty much have believed what they heard maybe from their parents, people who raised them or their environment. And now they made their decision based on those, you know, facts that are not true. Actually, they're not facts. They're lies. They've decided to walk away from God and have nothing to do with him because they're mad at him. But this by this verse is saying he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there are people who with all their heart, they want to know the truth. They, they're saying there's something more. There's something beyond this physical world. I want to get to the bottom of this. I want to know the creator. I want to go after him. I want to find out about him. I want to learn more about him. I want to know why I'm here. You know, they want to go deeper. So it says those people who earnestly want to seek the creator, right? God himself, God rewards them. So that's one way of being rewarded by God, right? Another word, Psalm 19, 9 through 11 says, I'm going to read you guys a few verses, but, you know, hang in there with me. I will break it down and it'll make more sense. It says, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So let's focus just on the last verse. It says, by them, by what? Pretty much by God's laws, decrees, word, right? His instructions to us. That's what the whole 
this whole passage is talking about, the instructions about life. It says, by knowing them, we are warned. Warned from what? Warned from not uh, going the wrong way. Warned from not making wrong decisions. Warned from not sinning, you know? And it says, in keeping them, and keeping God's laws and commands, and doing our best in keeping them, like wholeheartedly we desire to do what's right, what's good, what's in the word of God. The Bible says when we do that, there is not just reward. It says there is great reward. So people who choose to learn the word of God, to learn scripture, they put their faith in it, and they follow it. They say, well, you know what? This is what the word of God says. This is how I'm, how I'm going to live my life. This is how I'm going to handle the situation according to the word of God. The Bible says, guess what? Expect a great reward coming your way. Isn't that great news? Who doesn't like rewards? Um, and then 1 Corinthians 9.10 says, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no... And uh, uh, I'm sorry. This is a different translation, so I've memorized a different one, but let me read it again. What, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So imagine all these wonderful things that God has prepared for who? For the atheists? For the ones who curse, <laughs> curse God and say, I want to have nothing to do with them. I don't believe in him. He's, he has those wonderful things. Actually, he has those wonderful things for those as well, but they choose not to follow him and receive from him, right? So those who love him, they will go after him and seek after him. And it says he has these wonderful things planned, these surprises, you guys. I mean, God is so good. He continually wants to shower you with gifts and surprise you with good things. But there's a precursor to that. It doesn't just happen because we want to. It doesn't just happen because we tell him to. There's a there's a way about life, our thoughts, our actions, our words that we have to go about to receive those rewards from God. And honestly, trust me, you guys, it's a much easier way of living than trying to figure it out on our own and kind you know constantly be in planning mode and anxiety and stress and trying to figure it out. Like life is just so much easier um, when we. Trust God uh, with his word and with the promises that he has. And we let go. You know, we surrender. So um, <clears throat> there's more verses that I want to share with you guys as far as the reward. Um, for example, I don't know if you have children or not, but if you do, and I don't know what kind of uh, <laughs> situation are you guys in with your children. Hopefully they are, uh, you know, obedient, respectful, godly, doing the right, the right things. but in most cases, the environment is not that great. Nowadays, you know, we're toward the end of times and uh, people are becoming more rebellious, especially kids toward their parents. But hopefully you have trained them, as the Bible says, in the way they should go. Um, and they're honoring God and living a good life. But even if they're not, they'll come back to it. You have to have hope and faith and keep praying for them and not give up. Because that's what the word of God says. Do you believe the word of God or do you believe what the environment and the enemy and the world tells you? Because the Bible says in 1 Psalm 127, 3, children are a heritage from the Lord, offsprings a reward from him. I think it's the NIV translation. Another translation says sons are a heritage from God. Uh, sons are a heritage from God. Children, a blessing from him. Children, a blessing 
So for those of you who have children, no matter what your children are doing right now, believe that they're a blessing from God. They're a good gift from God. They're a, there's, they are a reward from God. And I know right now, if you're going through a trial with them, it may not seem so, but this is a trial they're going through, you're going through, it's going to shape your character. But believe, you know, speak your blessings over them. Say, you know, the Bible says my family and I will serve the Lord all the days of our lives. Our children will serve God. Our children are, they are blessed. Put their name, say they are blessed as they come in. They're blessed as they go out. Whatever they touch will prosper and succeed. They're followers of Christ. You might say, well, that's, that's not true. That's a lie. That's not what's happening. It doesn't matter. What's happening right now is a fact. And facts are always changing. The truth is what the word of God says, that they will return and they will serve God. So don't give up. Don't let the enemy use your mouth to curse them or to prophesy a negative future over them. Say the, what the word of God says about them, regardless of what the situation is. If you have to say it to yourself, say it. But even when you see them, you know, remember their good qualities. Remember their gifts from God and prophesize that over them and say, this is what the word says. This is how you're going to turn out to be. Um, <clears throat> so another verse that I want to share with you guys is, um, okay, this has to do with being kind to the poor. Proverbs 19, 17. Proverbs 19, 17. It says, whoever is kind to the poor, who, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. So when we're kind to the poor, and again, you guys, just please be careful. You know, the, the kind to the poor, a lot of people can disguise themselves as somebody needy. Um, they, need, they need help and you run to help them. But in reality, maybe they're not really that needy. Maybe they're just disguised. Maybe they're there because they continually disobeyed God and um, they do, are doing things they shouldn't be doing. And sometimes people have to fall and go through trials to change. And if you keep helping those people who deliberately make mistakes and go against God's word, maybe you got to let them be for a while. So <clears throat> they will uh, face some hardship, which will turn their heart toward God. But again, that's for every situation. You have to pray and seek God's wisdom and seek godly counsel with other believers in making your decision. Um, but let's, for the people who are truly poor, let's say they're, they cannot take care of themselves. They're, they're, they're in a bind. They're in a situation where they truly need help, right? Again, pray, would, like get a, get a peace from God in regards to helping them. But it says the people who, help, who will help the poor, they, will, they are actually lending to God. What does that mean? Does God need anything from us for us to give to him? No. But say you're pretty much doing, you're being God's hands and feet on earth when you help somebody that is poor. Let's say a single mother who's struggling. She's working three jobs. She's doing everything she can. And she has kids and you're helping her with whatever you can, you know, with a car payment or mortgage or rent. If that's what God puts in your heart. Um, let's say it's somebody disabled who cannot work and, um, you know, it doesn't just have to be financially. It could be somebody who's lonely. You go and help them. You can help people in so many different ways. Maybe somebody needs words of encouragement, right? Words of empowerment. Um, <clears throat> whatever it is, it's somebody who is truly, truly in need and they cannot help themselves and they're not taking advantage of people. They're just in a situation where they need help from God and God is using you to help them. So it says that person, when you do that, when you hear from God, to help somebody who's poor and something, who's going to reward you? Expect the reward. A reward is coming because you were God's hands on feet on earth. 
Um, uh, John 14, 23 says, uh, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to them and make our home with them. Uh, why did I put this verse in here? Because <clears throat> there is a verse that says, um, you know, those who uh, love God, they will pretty much do what he says, right? And remember, I read the verse that God rewards those who seek him, who love him, right? So who are the people who love God? They're the people who obey him. Now, is obeying God easy? Sometimes it's not. I mean, it says, uh, there's verses that say, you know, be nice to your enemy, pray for them, uh, help them. And you're thinking, no, I don't think so. They were mean, they were jerk, they knew exactly what they were doing. They hurt me, why would I wanna help them? So this is where, this is, <laughs> This is where it gets tough, right? Honoring the word of God. But this is where we have to deny our flesh and say, okay, Lord, I really don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. My flesh is screaming and saying, this is doesn't feel just, doesn't feel fair, but I'm going to do an action. Maybe in my thoughts and my heart, it's still not aligned with your will, but I will take action to honor you. Um, and, you know, the Bible talks about being kind to our enemy. And um, I'm just trying to find that verse. Just bear with me for a second. Okay, and that's in Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. And the Lord will reward you. So again, here's another way of getting reward by being kind to your enemy. Now, again, you guys, you have to kind of weigh out every situation and pray about it and go with the leading of the Holy Spirit and what he's telling you. <clears throat> it's not telling you go, you know, um, be kind to somebody who's going to uh, take advantage of you and hurt you more and bring more harm to you. It's not saying that. Um, so basically somebody it's, it has to do with unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody who has hurt you. It's somebody, it could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend, it could be a coworker, it could be, um, you know, somebody that you just know who has hurt you and, and you never really dealt with that issue. You've never forgiven them. So you consider them your enemy. So the Bible is saying, you know, be kind to them. Because, you know, this, this second part of burning coals on their head, like what the heck is that about, right? And, you know, what, what it means is it will pr pretty much bring shame to them. Like when somebody harms you and you turn around and do good to them, it, they're baffled because they expect you to turn around and be mean to them back. And it, it not only brings shame to them, but it convicts them. It makes them feel guilty and ashamed of their action. Now, will they actually feel ashamed and go, we don't exactly know if, when, how, where. But all we know is God is telling us, do this to your enemy, okay? If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And I don't think this is literal. It could be in some cases, but pretty much it's like meet their needs. Uh, if they're needy and you're in a position to help them, meet that need. <clears throat> Again, is it easy to do? I don't think so. But, you know, with our faith in Christ and with his help, 
Jesus said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is there a reward in that? Absolutely. So if you want a reward, this is one way of getting a reward. And some of you might say, okay, I'll pass on that reward. <laughs> but um, you guys, really, that's just what it takes. It's just when we follow the word of God, <clears throat> it pretty much takes the guesswork out of what decisions to make. Um, we can drive ourselves crazy trying to make a decision that would we would feel like it benefits us, and still we can make the wrong decision. And all I have to do is pretty much see what God's word says about that, right? It gives insight into your life. It shows you the direction that you need to go. Not only that, the most important thing is that it teaches you who you are. Why were you created? Why are you here? Whose you are, right? The Bible says you're God's most precious possession and you're here for a purpose. <clears throat> so now your decisions are gonna be aligned. Instead of trying to fit God into your plans, you're going to say, God, how can I fit into your plans? What is it I'm doing or not doing uh, that I'm not in the perfect plans that you have for me, right? Um, so it, like I said, it just takes the guesswork out of a lot of situations that we can drive ourselves crazy. Um, so now you might say, you know what? This is all easier said than done. Uh, the Bible says that in order to believe God's word, we have to have faith. And it says that, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, faith is that vessel that brings us close to God where we receive from him his blessings, his rewards, the promises that he has for us. But how do we get faith, right? <clears throat> and how, do, how can we trust God? It literally comes down to trusting God with all your need and desire. And this has to do with how we... Um, how much, how much we seek God with all our heart and how much we expose ourselves to his word. How much do we see and hear uh, and deposit his word into our hearts where it brings us to a point of faith, brings us to a point of trusting him, uh, brings us a, in a, to a point of following him. Because otherwise you might say, you know, okay, this stuff doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. Because you never gave it a try. Or if you gave it a try, you worked it for a little while and then you're like, no, it's not working. Like what I want is from God. He hasn't done it. And I'm walking away from it. I'm tired of waiting, right? <clears throat> and again, it, it doesn't work that way. It, it builds on faith. And faith is built on consistently depositing the word of God into our eyes, into what we see, what we hear, uh, what we put in our heart. That's how you receive from God, by faith, right? And again, that's how your faith is developed. So um, I think the subject is... Re of reward is overlooked <clears throat> excuse me among christians i believe god has many gifts he wants to shower you with many desires of your heart he has to give you but the key is to surrender to him psalm 37 4 says take delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart take delight what does delight mean like come into his presence Seeking him with all your joy, with all your heart. In his presence, there is comfort, there is relief, there is peace, there is hope. He'll, he'll show you a future that you couldn't even imagine on your own. And you're saying, wow, how can I get from this point A to B? And when, and he, when you're in his presence, you realize it's not you who's going to take you from point A to B. It's him. He's going to carry you. You know, he, he's going to make it so easy for you because it's not based on your efforts anymore. So really, guys, I think this is what's been stolen from Christians. 
that they believe they have to make things happen on their own. They struggle uh, in different areas of your life to make things happen, whether it's a relationship, whether it's job related, whether it's prosperity, whether it's finances, instead of just saying, hey, listen, it's not my, it's not my uh, way of making it happen. It's God and it's his word. If it says it's, this is how it's going to be, I'm just going to follow it and I'm going to relax, cast all my cares on him. I'm going to do my job, right? For example, the Bible says we have to work, right? It doesn't say sit home and God is going to meet your needs. Uh, it actually says he who doesn't work doesn't eat unless you literally cannot. There's, you know, we're not talking about that group of people. But if you're able to work, we're supposed to work. And then, like, you want to make everything happen with your investments, with your um, wisdom, with your efforts. And really, yes, seek wisdom. Um, expand on what you know and you learn. We should be learning all the time and growing. But let go of the, you know, steering wheel. Stop being the driver of your life. Move over. Sit in the passenger seat of your life. And, and why Jesus say, listen, you take hold of the steering wheel. You you take me to wherever you want to take me. And that's what it means to trust him and to have faith in him and to wait in expectancy of receiving his promises, which bring rewards and presence. And he wants to shower you with gifts. And again, it says he has a future for you that you cannot even imagine. But of course, the enemy will, will come against that and say, that's not true. It's going to be based on you, how, how fast you can make it or how good you can do or you know, um, no, it's not based on us. Some part of it, yes, it relates to us. We got to do our part. But a lot of it is based on God and it's based on us following him. And he'll show us and bless us and teach us. And he will close the wrong doors and he will open the right ones. And again, uh, I feel like I have to repeat this. If some of you have children who are turned away from God, don't give hope. Rejoice. Praise God. Enjoy your life. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. And say, you know what? One day soon they will be followers of christ one day soon they will be serving god my children will live and not die and just prophesize all these wonderful things about them and you know what the enemy is going to hate it <laughs> that you talk that way because he wants you to talk the way he wants you to talk say negative things about them say what they're doing and cursing them and say no i'm not going to say that uh, if they have to go through a period of hardship whatever it takes um, then you know the bible says the lord will teach your sons and great will be your children peace and remember, one of the um, spiritual weapons of resisting the devil, remember, we have to put on the full armor of God every day. I do believe I have a teaching on that, the armor of God. It's a spiritual armor you have to put on every day. One of them is to keep your peace. So if you're all rattled every day by what somebody's doing, then the enemy's getting to you. But the Bible says, resist the devil and he will free from you. If, if he's doing something with your kids or your whatever it is, your job, your finances, your spouses, and it's rattling you and it's taking your peace and joy. He's going to keep doing it. But if you say, hey, I'm not bothered with this. This is just a fact. It's temporary. It's going to change. My life on earth is short. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm actually going to do something fun today. How is, how is the enemy going to feel? After a while, he's going to say, this is not working. Let, let go of this person. Forget it. <laughs> Let's try somebody else. So try that, you guys. So I hope this teaching has helped you. Um, I'm going to sort of continue this teaching. Uh, and talk about surrendering our lives to Christ and how we can make that happen in the next teaching. But until then, God be with you and God bless you.